Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown and as always, it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show today. Today we're taking the idea of financing to another and even less obvious level. I'm joined again today by Tony Gimple who shares a few examples of how we can either raise or save money just by the way we structure our affairs. He talks about knowing where the bodies are buried a perpetual tax-efficient wash cycle, and hybridization, amongst other things. So you can be sure that it will be a colorful image that he paints. Seriously though, the subject of incorporation into limited company structures is a very hot topic of late. However, do have a listen to this discussion, as according to Tony, it could be the worst decision we ever take. So a couple of good reasons to have a listen to today's show then. Here we go with Tony right now. Okay, so let's get on with this week's featured topic with Property Chatter. Hi again, everyone, and uh, another week on the uh, Property Voice podcast, another week about financing, and another fantastic guest joining me again today. And if I say again, because Tony, Tony Gimple's already been on the show and uh, had a fantastic response when we talked about limited companies in the past. So first of all, Tony, hello, and welcome to the show once again. Hi, Richard. It's really great to be here. It's always good fun. Indeed it is, and I'm really glad to have you back. So we had a bit of an atter, obviously, before we came on air, and I enjoyed that. Um, we won't necessarily share all of that. All of that. Started <laughs> drifting into random films, but um, yeah, it's always good to talk to you. So with a professional, more of a professional head on. I, we, we were chatting recently, and of course, we were talking about my, this whole theme of this, um, this series is about financing in property. And um, some of the conversation that we had, it's, there were kind of a few things that were related to that that really struck a chord with me that you mm-hmm. were talking about. And um, of course, we had a chat and I thought, well, there's not like one central um, idea. There's a number that can maybe fall out of uh, um, one, or two, one or two concepts. And I wanted to get you on. So I kind of, my working title, I think maybe you've helped me refine this, is um, Raising Finance through um, t- uh, and tax efficient property business structures is that would you agree that's kind of where we settled I, yeah I, I think I, I think that's fair and if you get the latter right the former becomes just so much easier it is and some of these uh, ideas have been some of them been kicking around in you know in professional land and forum land mm-hmm. and some of them are very confusing some mm-hmm. of them but I just wanted to get your take on it and it's particular this whole idea was maybe where we start because we've got two or three things we could talk about but the one I'd really like to start is this um, the whole idea of incorporation and um, okay. yeah right. well so let me just yeah, set yeah. the scene there it's you know people are talking about going limited becoming a limited company and, and in particular if you've got an existing property portfolio in a personal personal or partnership type of uh, name rather than in an existing limited company so mm-hmm. I'm going to just let you crack on, really. What and you're going to talk about hybrids, probably, are you? But uh... yeah, well, let, well, 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 let's set it out. At the moment, you know, um, landlords have been getting it in the neck, you know. rightly, wrongly, whatever. That's just a fact of life, particularly from a tax perspective. And it's 
crystallize the situation where landlords only have four choices, and that's it, four choices. Option one, stop being a landlord. <laughs> I've had enough of tenants and toilets and taxes. I'm going to sell up, minimize my capital gains, spend some of it, live on a beach, or invest it elsewhere. And for some people, actually, you know, that's the best thing to do for them. Mm -hmm. Option two, make a positive decision to do nothing. Don't just stick your head in the sand. Decide to stick your head in the sand. And again, for some people, that's all they can do because they don't know how to move on. Mm -hmm. But for most people, there are two options. One is incorporation, and the other is hybridization. But let's talk about incorporation first. Flavor of the month. Well, for almost everybody I've seen, and let me rephrase that, for everybody I've seen, putting their existing or new buy-to-lets into a limited company will be the worst thing they ever do mm -hmm. by a margin. So let me go through the reasons why. Let's assume for one minute that they can either immediately or after two years claim Section 162 incorporation relief, i.e. they're working 19 hours a week or more in the business, tenants and toilets, and thus, when they change the title from their name to that of a limited company, they will not have to pay corporation tax or stamp duty. Mm -hmm. So let's just put that to one side for a sec. What are the real disadvantages? One, you're going to have to remortgage. So you've got legal fees, broker's fees, lender's fees, perhaps early redemption penalties, higher rates because it's now a commercial loan, less choice of lender. The lender will want a personal guarantee and they'll likely put a debenture, a charge on your balance sheet. So you'll find it very difficult to use your director's loan account without their consent, which may or may not be forthcoming. Hmm. Okay, so you know, remortgaging, problematical. Secondly, it's a limited company. So it's 100% visible to HMRC. They see every penny in, every penny out, and how it got there. And they will try and tax you at every stage. So firstly, there'll, there'll be corporation tax. Currently 20%, but we know it's falling to 17 over the next few years. However, the Chancellor has already introduced differential uh, capital gains tax for property owners. Mm. What's to stop him doing the same thing for investment companies and trading companies? Yeah, once he's got us all there. <laughs> uh, correct. Yeah, okay. Uh, there's a, there, 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 there is a method in his apparent madness. Okay, so corporation tax regardless. Dividend tax. If you can overdraw your director's loan account, tax there. Income tax. National insurance. And worst of all, because all this now is, is an investment company, i.e. holding resi buy to let for 12 months or more for the sole purpose of collecting rent, it's an investment company, and it's totally subject to inheritance tax. And no amount of minority shareholdings, opinion-based trust work, will properly solve that problem. And it is what it is. It's a tax shelter. Nothing else. It's only been done for tax. Trouble is, it only really works if you don't take out income. 
Yeah. Otherwise, you get taxed at the highest rates. Mm. Well, you're, so you're, becoming you're, in a a you're, in a, you're in a cheerful mood today, Tony. This is. Uh... Oh, I'm sorry, old chap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like you want the truth. Well, you've got to get it actually, whether you want it or not. <laughs> Carry on. I, I, there are too many people pulling their punches and not telling uh, potential uh, clients the whole truth about this. So, becoming a limited company, uh, either immediately or via a temporary partnership which you wind up after two years, don't do it. Mm. So that really only leaves you with one choice. So just pause there for one second. I just, just want to clarify, because I think when you said on incorporation, I think you said yeah. you can avoid, um, but I think what you probably oh, meant was avoid capital gains tax and stamp duty. You can avoid capital gains and stamp duty. Yeah, that's right. Um, but you've got to be able to prove you qualify for it. Yeah. Not something you should try and do yourself. Yeah. You know, but if you can't, you would be fully subject to CGT and SDLT the minute you moved it over into the company. Yeah, and just well, to clarify, as, just to clarify as well, you have to be active for 20 hours or more in that business. And as you say, if you if you're outsourcing a lot of work to say letting agents and that sort of thing, it's very unlikely you're going to be able to prove that. Yeah, or if you're full time or part time doing something else, you're not going to be able to prove it. That's true. Okay, so I just thought I'd add to the cheeriness, really. No, no, no. Okay, that's all right. I, trust me, this is good news. Uh, oh, I'm waiting uh, for know, it. <laughs> when we get to the end of the story, you'll all be sleeping comfortably in your beds. Okay. Okay, right. So, uh, not like I shall send you to sleep, of course. Um, right, so let's have a look at the hybrid. Um, here, what we are doing is working in both the letter and the spirit of the law by using existing proven business ownership and management structures, which as a happy byproduct are as tax efficient as you choose to make them. Something we'll come on to when we talk about finance later. Mm -hmm. So what would happen? We're taking advantage of two particular legal conceits. One, separate legal personality. So you and I, as human beings, are what are called natural personalities, the ability to sue and be sued. But there are, also, there are also artificial personalities, limited partnership, limited companies, trusts and the like. Each has their own tax regime and the law allows you to arrange your affairs across these separate legal personalities to minimize the tax. Perfectly normal practice. Mm -hmm. The other conceit is the ability to separate ownership from enjoyment from control. So example, I own a pen. I give you, my partnership say, the enjoyment of using the pen. But I've given my company control over the ink. It's still one pen, but you've got three separate facets to it, which each can be owned by one of the, either you, partnership or a company. Mm -hmm. So let's say for argument's sake Richard has a relatively you know, modest property portfolio worth one million pounds. Not what the equity is but what it's actually worth on the open market, mm -hmm. one million pounds and producing for argument's sake a hundred thousand pounds worth of income. What you'll now do is retain ownership of that, but you'll give the, the enjoyment of it to your limited liability partnership in which you, 
your spouse, say, and a limited company which you loan are all partners. It's called a mixed partnership. HMRC recognises this as a business structure. You've now got a million pounds odd sitting on the balance sheet of the LLP from which you are allowed to withdraw money as income, but because it's a withdrawal of capital, it's not taxed. So you better you say to pay tax, you better say that again because I think this is the yeah, nub of the yeah, issue, yeah. isn't it? This is, this is. Okay. Alright. So you exist, the limited partnership exists, and the limited company exists, which is itself a partner in the LLP. All at the same time, all all in perpetuity. Mm -hmm. okay. You give not the ownership, the value of your one million pound property portfolio to the LLP to enjoy. To enjoy, right? To enjoy. Partnerships don't pay tax on income, only on distributed profits. But you have this million pounds sitting on the balance sheet. So instead of taking your £100,000 a year in income, HMRC allow you to treat that as a return of capital. Okay. As a direct result of that, it is not subject to income tax. Mm -hmm. well, you may choose to take some as income in order to pay tax. I choose to be a basic rate taxpayer. It's a nice place to live here. You've got to grease the wheels to keep it that way. But that's a choice. So to now, pick, to follow your, I mean, you may be about to illustrate it, so sorry if you are, but right. what's going through my head is just playing with the numbers that you've just illustrated. So if you've got one million pounds portfolio, yeah, which you've uh, given the enjoyment of to the LLP, yeah, that's uh, generating one hundred thousand pounds a year in 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 income, rental income. Yeah, yeah. If I understood you correctly, you could distribute if that's net income because it probably isn't. But let's keep it simple. If it was net, if it was net income of a hundred k. Could you yeah. distribute that 100k back to yourself as a as a return yeah. of capital up yes. to the value of the one million, uh, or whatever that value has risen to over time? Whatever it's risen risen to over time. Yeah, that's what I thought you were. That's what I thought you said when we first spoke about this, and I was just checking. <laughs> well, yeah, for the for the avoidance of doubt. Yes. Yeah. 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 So okay. that then becomes equivalent of a 100k tax-free income. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I did understand it. Well done. Good. Excellent. You're cleverer than you thought you were. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Which is better than looking cleverer than you are. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So you must make a profit, clearly. Yeah. And some of this profit you will pay to the limited company. It is, after all, a partner. Mm -hmm. Where you'll pay corporation tax. 20%, but we know falling. So let's give you an example. Let's say for argument's sake there are four shareholders. You, your wife, two adult kids, whatever. Albeit they haven't got much power. Um, you pay £25,000 to the company. It pays corporation tax, leaving £20,000, which you then distribute to each of the shareholders, £5,000 each. As uh, dividend. Dividend, mm -hmm. dividend, no tax. Mm -hmm. okay. Now, after two years, all of the value of that million pounds is zero in your hands 
albeit you've still got ownership, and a million pounds or whatever the number is in the value of the shares in the company. Mm -hmm. But because the HMRC recognizes that there is a trading relationship between you all, and that you've got a written business plan, and that you're managing it, and that your sole purpose is not to avoid tax, but to maximize your wealth to tax efficiently as possible, the whole thing becomes inheritance tax-free. Mm. That's a nice spin-off benefit. Yeah. And for some of our clients, who actually aren't going to make any savings whatsoever by doing it, because uh, you know there's already basic rate taxpayers, the changes to interest relief won't affect them, but capital values are such that they've got an inheritance tax problem, it still works. Yeah. But in the context of financing, um, that's where I was kind oh. of going because, oh, hang on, you oh. have you have a piece of resistance, do you? Okay. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, mate. So let's have a look at financing now. Doing it this way, you can still raise finance in your own name. Much mm -hmm. easier to do, much more flexibility. However, you've got to show income at some point. Otherwise, you've got a real trouble raising the money. Yeah, twenty-five thousand pound minimum household income, I believe it is these days. Yeah. So let me. Give, so let's give you a worked example. All right. Last year, let's say you should have been an advance rate taxpayer, but because of the hybrid and running it as a business, you chose to pay zero tax. Let's say next year you should also be an advance rate taxpayer, but once again. Because of running it as a business, a tax-efficient one, you chose to pay zero tax to grow the business. This year, however, you personally want to borrow £1.5 million. You're building your own home, say, mm. or extending the existing one in your case, Richard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the lender is going to want to say, can you afford to service this whopping great debt? And you say, yes, sir. Here's my SA302, whatever they call the damn thing, mm -hmm. saying I've got income of. I give you the money. Probably means on average over the last three years you've been a basic rate taxpayer. Right, so you've got the flexibility to raise finance personally to suit what you're trying to achieve. Okay, mm -hmm. Another advantage. If, let's say, in the limited company, you decide, I'm going to take an earned income from this. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, earned income is pensionable. Uh -huh. And that opens the whole door to self-administered, self-invested pension schemes. Wonderful beasties. Highly tax-efficient in their own right. And they have the added advantage they can make their own investment decisions, which can be to buy property. Yeah. Now it has to be commercial property. I'm afraid they cannot, you know, straight from the pension buy resi. Yeah. You know, I know there's maybe some options around the edges, but let's just stick to the core for the second. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, they can buy commercial. Now, a little-known fact is that a block of five flats, say under one title is considered residential. But a block of six flats, say, under one title is commercial. And even that's okay. even if the flats are residential properties, people live in under ASTs, etc. As long as it's all under one title. One title, uh, okay. One title, 
you do what you like thereafter. Mm -hmm. uh, um, the pension can now buy it, mm -hmm. and 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 the money, any money it's borrowed, borrowed from itself, gets paid back into the pension scheme. Mm -hmm. So it's continually on this tax-efficient wash cycle. Mm -hmm. But you've got to have earned income, and to get earned income, you've got to pay tax to start with. Yes. See, with all, with, yeah, with all of these things, you have the devil's in the detail. Yeah. You know, with any kind of investment decision, it comes down to two things. One, should I be doing this? Is it what I want to do? Is it going to help me achieve my goals? And secondly, now do the numbers work? Yeah, I think you need to start with the end in mind rather than, you know, you certainly don't start from how do I avoid tax. <laughs> you start with... Absolutely. Yeah, you start yeah. with what are you trying to achieve in life? When are you trying to achieve it? And then you look at the avenues to get there. Correct. Well, you, you, you know... You, uh, Meaning to or not, you really hit the nail on the head. You know, and this is why so many tax schemes fail. You know, take the Alan Cars of this world. Actually, what he was doing was perfectly legal. Mm -hmm. His advisors, however, were gaming the system. Mm -hmm. Rather than taking advantage of a legitimate tax break because they had a legitimate business which deserved it, mm -hmm. which it was set up for, they were deliberately setting up businesses to take advantage of the tax break mm -hmm. that weren't really in the first place. So with all of this, you have to work within the spirit, not just the letter. Yeah. So do it because it's good to help you grow your money in a proper business structure, which happens to be tax efficient, and the government will say to you, very well done. So just to clarify then, so far what we've got from a financing angle, so just trying to make sure I keep it on topic for our, our listeners of, of this series. So from a financing point of view, we've got a potential return of capital as a source yep. of finance if we use this hybrid yep. structure that you've outlined. Yeah, yep. you have to self-financing in that sense yep. or choosing to take some of it as income to prove that in that particular tax year you can afford to service the debt. Yeah. So then we come on to the whole earned income route as well. Mm -hmm. So you could take earned income to one proven income, as you say, for fundraising purposes or something like that. But equally, uh, you can take, choose to take a, an earned income so that you can make pension contributions. And those pension contributions can go into some form of self-administered scheme, whether it's a SAS or a yep. SIP. And then you can therefore control how you uh, invest that money uh, in property. I take what you said about uh, it's got to be commercial. Uh, mm -hmm. But by the way, there's two... Um, there's two types of investment here, isn't there? Isn't there, um, a, you know, buy-to-hold type of assets, but equally buy-to-sell type of assets? Oh, look, if you if you if you're into buy-to-sell, effectively, you you know, you're running a a, a property business, a, a development business, um, and whilst the same overall, you know, hybrid structure, etc., works for getting money out, it's it, you know, it, it, it's it's no different from a corner shop in that respect. Mm. Yeah, so if you find you know d development is uh, really a, you know quite a, a speciality in itself, but yeah, you could do that via the pension fund and put more money back into it as long as it's commercial. Exactly, well, and not that's... commercial property, yeah, but it could be the it could be a commercial business which specialises in you know buying and selling what are going to be residential properties. That's, that's right. Fine. That's what I was getting at. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So you're trading in property at that yeah. point. And of course, you constantly, if you're taking money in and out of the pension, you're just topping up your own future wealth and earnings in your pension as well, of course. Absolutely. You're paying yourself. You're set, 
you, you pay yourself to the point where you are truly fed up with tenants and toilets and you sell the whole damn thing and live off the pension. Yep. There we go. And so there's a lot of flexibility now with, with how when you can take pensions, how you draw the money out, um, yeah, 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 etc. Yeah. So people are probably aware of yeah. some of that. I'm sure you and can enlighten. You can, and you can make them inheritance tax free as well. Oh, there you go again. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, so and and uh, just just as a quick point, a lot of people they will struggle. With the, a lot of young people struggle with the idea of pensions because they just see it so far off. But you know, should should you be in your twenties or thirties thinking about pensions? Oh, hey man, look, it, it, yeah, I, I was selling financial services in my twenties, and I wish I'd have taken more of my own advice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay, you know, it, it, even twenty quid a month, you start doing the numbers. You know, it's exponential growth. I think they used to say after the first five years, it doubles every the value doubles every five or something. And look, forget it's being called a pension. What what you're doing is creating an income-producing asset. Yeah, or a wealth fund. Yeah, the difference between a you know a pension and taking rental income off a property portfolio is what? I can't find one. There isn't one. It's the same damn thing. I thought I thought it was a trick question. I was trying to work out what the answer no, was. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was a trick question. There isn't a difference. Yeah, it's just what they're called. Yeah. Well, they do the same job, and broadly speaking, the same way. One buys equities, one buys realty. <sighs> and and so sticking with the theme of financing, we kind of got two two of the big ones out there. But mm. do you have another one? In, well, yeah, actually, <laughs> there is. A, and, and, and we've covered it inadvertently you know, when we talked about trading companies. Uh -huh. And you can use intercompany loans. Yeah. You know, so you know, you, you, the existing business has got a trading profit, and if you let's say you've got a trading business and it's sitting with a lot of cash on the balance sheet, and, and there's no exact formula for what sorry, that means. Just sorry, to clarify, sorry. yeah, clarify what is a trading business. Um, doesn't have to be just um, property, does it? No, it can be the corner shop. Yeah, so something a buying and selling type of business. Buying and selling, either goods. Uh, property or intellectual property, the professions. Yeah. So you've got this trading business, very, doing very well for itself, <clears throat> building up cash on its balance sheet. It's really possible, and there's no exact formula for it, for that trading business to be deemed an investment business. So you lose entrepreneur's relief and you lose business relief for inheritance tax. And that can be a thorny problem, and it's one that a lot of businesses have got no idea about and haven't been told about by any advisors. Um, so that trading business can now use that cash for investment purposes. So there's nothing to stop it loaning it to another business mm -hmm. to create other assets, even income-producing ones. Mm -hmm. As we've done on commercial terms, clearly. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Commercial terms yeah, would be what carry some sort of interest rate or something. Yeah, yeah. It's got some sort of payment provision. Yeah, yeah. And the interest rate can be zero. Yeah. The interest and rate can be zero. Did you say? Yes, but you make a conscious decision to only charge a zero interest rate. Okay. If you do it interest free, it's not it's not classed as commercial. Look, it's biscuits and jaffa cake time. Okay. The difference between the two is what? Only one pays that and one doesn't. Oh, I see. Yeah, uh, it's an old argument, you know, on the VAT side, but it's the same principle. You have a proper commercial arrangement between two businesses, albeit 
you say no, we're not going to charge. You know, we're going to we're only going to charge you a zero percent, a peppercorn, if you like. Mm. But it has to be repaid, and so on and so forth. And then you can take the curse off losing your trading business status, make a turn on your money, and if that money happens to be coming from property, well, so be it. Well, that's that's obviously what our audience would probably be most interested in, and um, yeah. and I think actually they may you know to pay a rate of interest back to the trading business is probably good business practice. Um, yeah, although you will end up increasing yeah. the profits, which will then be subject to tax. I realise that. So, um, so what? You've made a profit. Yeah, I know. People forget that. You know, yeah. <laughs> it should be four or five times the amount. Yeah, that, um, that you've yeah. actually. Made. Yeah. Um, sorry, I was going to say, and and just to clarify, because a lot of people are aware of director's loans. So the distinction mm. between an intercompany loan or the advantage of an intercompany loan over a director's loan. And when I'm talking director's loan here, I mean director's loan from the company to the director. Uh, yeah, you have limits on that. Yeah. Yeah, and there are all sorts of horrible tax issues surrounding it. Um, not somewhere I'd, I'd I'd suggest you go. Mm -hmm. Some circumstances have to be that way. Occasionally, warrants doing it that way, but not good. Yeah. However, one company lending to another company, you've got separate legal personalities here. Yeah. Yeah, they can you know within the law they can do what they want. Yeah, uh, this is kind of playing into my uh, my hands quite well with this uh, split personality idea. To be honest, uh, keep taking the tablets, old chap. <laughs> yeah, well, but so you've got um, so I can see how this. Uh, you used the phrase earlier. I'm not sure if you want to repeat it about the washing machine, um, wash, wash yeah, cycle. Yeah, um, yeah it, it, it's a perpetual tax efficient wash cycle. Right. So you can set up a, 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 a some structures um, which you know have a byproduct of being tax efficient. Let's yeah. say, but they they reflect yeah, yeah. your business operations, and you can um, take you know returns of capital. You can take earned income and transfer it into pension assets. Correct. You can loan Correct. you can loan profits from one trading business into a, another business Correct. for investment purposes. So that's Correct. kind of I thought I thought you said that when we first spoke, and um, and you and you uh, it would be a good idea to get you on the on the uh, show again and just to run through that because. Uh, a lot of that was new to me, especially this hybrid yeah. uh, model. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some of the other things, you know, I'm, I'm more aware of. But the hybrid model, I think, is uh, is very pertinent, very relevant at this point in time. And mm -hmm. I think you mm -hmm. started with that bad news story about incorporate at your peril type of thing. Um, this this sounds like a legitimate alternative, um, if I understood it correctly. That's because it is. Yeah. Um, and the truth of the matter is, it. it, 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 it it, 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 it's the only choice you've really got. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think, you know, there's so much debate. I'm sure you follow the forums and the news and everything else and people yeah. go crazy with, shall I incorporate, shall I do this, shall I sell up, all those things that you talked about at the beginning. And, of course, uh, what's in my mind is the, you know, Treasury, the Chancellor, they are, as you say, they're not daft. And, uh, yeah. you know, they're probably going to herd us all into the pen <laughs> yeah. uh, we yeah. all leap, you well, know, into no, this pen, no, and then we're targets, aren't we? <laughs> well, no, no, okay. You know, this is what they want to do it, and this is nothing new. Yeah. So, some twenty odd years ago, HMRC made a decision that it wants everybody, everyone who's self-employed, and the professions in particular, all to be limited companies. 
for obvious reasons, because I see everything that goes on and can tax it easily. Yeah, because yeah, they have to be formally easy. registered and this sort of thing and submit accounts, you know. Correct. All in the public domain. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, the professions, lawyers and accountants in particular, were up in arms over it for obvious reasons, you know. Um, and you know, basically, you know, 50, 60% of the House of Commons is made up of lawyers of one size or shape. And that particular breed of turkey don't vote for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they brought in what was an American model, this limited liability partnership concept, uh, and basically told HMRC to toddle off. Uh, and so whilst the government can do what it likes, it's legally allowed to put its hand in your pocket as far as it can reach, you know, due to Westminster versus IRC 1936. Uh, you're also entitled to stop them doing it within the law. So you have this wonderful arrangement where you can have legitimate hybrid structures, um, which oh, look, nothing's safe at the end of the day. If the government's got a big enough majority, it will trample over everybody's rights. Um, but for the time being, at least, it works today. Yeah. Uh, and we'll all sit in a darkened room with a cold towel wrapped around our heads trying to work out what the next... Uh, yeah way to work within the system but more efficiently is well it sort of brings me on a little bit to one of you know it, it, you, you kind of you, you you hit us hard with some you know bad news then you told us the answer but is there is there some risks or downsides here I mean one of them surely there's some, there's some costs involved in setting up such structures oh, cool. I guess okay well yeah All right. okay, let's do with downsides and risks okay downside you're gonna have to run the damn thing as a business now <laughs> there's no hiding from the fact Age business advisors, and you need to you know do this properly, which is actually what the government wants you to do. To be honest with you, because mm -hmm. accidental landlords are a pain. They suck up housing stock. They artificially inflate prices, and most of them aren't exactly making any money out of it either. Mm -hmm. You'd be surprised how many landlords accidentally are, 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 are running losses. Yeah, maybe just waiting for the capital so, growth. It's really difficult to say what it costs to set this up because everybody is slightly different and you don't know where the bodies are buried metaphorically. <laughs> so it's hard to give numbers. You don't know where um, the bodies are buried. Okay. Very well, you know, sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> people get that one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's going to it's going to cost some money to get it set up, basically. It's um, going to cost some money. Yeah. yeah. All right. So that's that's one of them. And um, I think you alluded to one earlier that you know if there's a big enough majority, then the you know potentially it could change the law. I don't know if uh, some of these things are out of reach or you know could be subject to change later. So you know it might be uh, make make hay while the sun but, shines type of thing. But it might yeah, not absolutely. Last but, but, but but that's the same with everything. Yep. Uh, you know, every budget, every statement, something subtly changes. So you make the most of what you've got when you've got it. And English law is beautiful in this respect. If it was legal when you did it, uh, they can't backtrack it. Mm. They can stop it from a given point onwards. Yeah. But if it was legal during its currency, that was it. It was legal. End of. You just have to do something different now. Yeah, I mean, the Clause 24 thing uh, was all, you know, I'm not saying there was a legality thing, but people were following the rules and regulations at the time, and it does seem to be a sort of a retrospective hit. 
uh, even though... No, 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 good. No, it's not retrospective here. It's from a point forward. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's from the 6th of April 2017. But it applies yeah, to all it. existing loans and structures in place, so that's uh, what I... Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. A, 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 a lot of these times you've just got to suck it up. It's yeah. just the cost of doing business. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it's, it's another form of business regulation, if you like, dressed up as tax. Yeah. But yeah, yeah but, hey, that's just the way it is, man. So we this this whole idea of incorporation and the hybrid model it falls out of whether you have some existing properties that you could you know set up this. No, um, no, no. What about people? If you're starting up. Yeah. What? Yeah. I was going to say. What about other categories of people? You know. You, okay. So if you're a startup, um, the minute you look like you're going to get above basic rate tax or above the inheritance tax thresholds, the hybrid solution is perfect for you. You may not necessarily see a return on investment, i.e. fees, in the first year, mm -hmm. but you're doing it for a bigger purpose. Because mm -hmm. um, it is a snowball, isn't it? You know, I think you, know, you, you start the snowball off, it rolls down the hill, it gathers momentum, oh. gathers a lot of snow, and you know, in 20 years' time, that's going kind to of be quite a big old snowball. Uh, I, I was with you know, two clients yesterday. One only started eight years ago. He had a life-changing experience. Uh, went from living in a council flat, you know, to being worth well over 10 million. Wow. So another chap, he's been doing it 25 years, almost a lifetime's work, and it's worth a couple. Mm -hmm. Both are very happy with what they've got. I mean, you know, it, it's relative. But yeah, there's a snowball there. Yeah. You know, if you start, you do the right things, do it consistently enough. It's better like the pensions we talked about earlier. £20 a month over 50 years is a lot of money. Mm -hmm. A property a year over 50 years is a of a lot of property. Yeah, so I think what I, my takeaway from this is if you've got an existing portfolio of whatever size it can grow, following the snowball idea, or if you've got sort of a, an, an, an idea to do, you know work in property over a period of time, it can develop into a snowball. And, and if you've got a sort of a professional attitude towards it, it's a good idea to seek advice from the outset and get things set up as you as you wish, because it's a lot harder Indeed. to back into it later on. That could be you know, um, you know, I, yeah. I don't want to go into it, but it's just going to be harder. It could be more cost. How would you say it? <laughs> the, the, the the bodies thing. <laughs> <laughs> Depends if there are bodies and where they're buried. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I uh, better go and check where I've buried mine now. Indeed, but, indeed. Yeah. But anyway, I kind of just wanted to get that out there. Um, what you know, what what do people need to do to get themselves ready for this type of thing? What what are the next okay, steps all right, really? All right, look, I, I I think there are two things they have to do. One, and this is a good time of year to do it. Sit down and work out why the hell am I doing it? Mm -hmm. What am I trying to achieve? Because being a landlord is a tough gig. Mm -hmm. um, so why am I putting myself through it? And put some numbers on it. You know, if you're going to retire tomorrow, or if you fell off your perch tomorrow, how much, in today's terms, would you want to have? Yep. So that's the, that, that's the real big thing. The I call, I call thing it the uh, someday goal. That's just just the phrase I use. Someday goal. What is your someday goal? Well, your... yeah, you, 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 you've got to change it from someday to the date in the diary goal actually is. Well, yeah, the someday goal is just a summary. It has a date. Always has a number. Always has a date. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And whether you ever do what you plan to do is another matter, but at least you've got the option now. Mm -hmm. All right. Second, and this is the hard part, really, 
you've got to sit down and say, look, I don't know what I don't know. Mm-hmm. Let me talk to somebody who knows what I don't know and be prepared to pay for it. Um, and then they can always call us. Yeah, well, you know, I think that <clears throat> probably starts to take us there, unless there's other things you wanted to cover off and I've not really um, asked you about. Sorry. It's kind of no. what, what are the next steps? Is just how do people contact, you know, contact you, Tony? Okay, um, they can contact me um, by email is the best, please. Yeah. And if they send uh, an email to info at less tax for for landlords.co.uk marked for my attention and saying they heard me on the property voice uh, we'll get back to them yeah and uh, I know that that's something you did previously and you had a uh, reasonable response to that so there may be yeah. some people calling you again who knows but um, I hope and, so. yeah and maybe some for the first time but so Tony Gimple and it's info at less tax for landlords.co.uk is that right you got it in one Okay, good. Lovely, so uh, make sure you quote the property voice so he knows where you came from. Um, and uh, he's, I say he like he's not on the on the call. <laughs> Tony knows where he came from. Uh, that'd be great. And um, I think that's probably the best starting point. And, and to your point, what you just said about the hard part, I, I myself have faced this. And uh, it sometimes is hard to accept that maybe you don't know all, everything. And, uh, and and it's, it's definitely true. And it's also true that, you know, sometimes free advice can be the most costly. So um, yes. it's wise to sometimes bite the bullet, pay a few quid, get someone in who knows what they're talking about and um, yeah. and take their advice. So <clears throat> I'm not, you know, it's not a particular big up for you, although, you know, let it be as well. I just think, you know, for people you know, should get proper advice. And I see so many questions go around the forums about, you know, should I set up this way? Should I set up that way? And maybe it's just a quick meeting with someone who knows what they're talking about could uh, save them a lot of time and trouble and and get it set up correctly. Correct. And even if that answer is to stay as you are, it's not worth doing anything, that in itself is worth something to them. Yeah, exactly. So you can make, as you said, a conscious or a positive decision to do nothing. Um, At least least you're well-informed. Correct. Well, fantastic. Well, you know, I, I've enjoyed it again, Tony, as ever, and uh, I've got a film reference as well as um, a whole load of uh, structural and financial input. Um, it's a it's a twist um, on the whole financing angle, as we've, you know, I don't know if you've been, I'm sure you haven't been tuning in. I know you've been very busy, but we've gone from basic, you know, level financing to some mm-hmm. quite complex, creative, alternative mm-hmm. types of structures. And so, this is one that people wouldn't have naturally thought of. I'm talking about helping to either save or raise money through the way that you structure your affairs. And uh, you've outlined it pretty well. So thanks for doing that. Um, it's good to have you on the show. And I, and I know um, you, you're planning to do a kind of a bit of a, uh, a write-up, aren't you, on the whole hybrid thing that we can share on our blog as well. Absolutely. Yeah, no problem. It's um, yours to use and enjoy. Fantastic. Well, I look forward to sharing that uh, with people who prefer the written form as well as the uh, audio format. So, Tony, I know I know you're busy. Thanks a lot for your time. Uh, have a great end to the year. Uh, enjoy that holiday that's coming up, and uh, look forward to uh, connecting with you further. I'm sure you hear a bit from some of our listeners as well. Wonderful, Richard. Thank you very much. See you in the new year. You're welcome. Take care. Cheers. Bye. Wasn't that interesting? I thought so, as Tony has a, a, a unique way of illustrating his points in uh, in a very entertaining one as well, entertaining way as well. 
But let's not forget the main area of focus in this series is to discuss financing in property. So aside from potential tax savings, which obviously popped up into our conversation a fair bit, I noted the following key areas that related to the finance in property theme that we're talking about in the series, which Tony outlined in our discussion. The first one of those was what he referred to as a return of capital tax free instead of taxed income once the hybrid structure is put in place that he was referring to as he's talking about. So that was interesting in itself. So tax free income, in other words, or the equivalent of tax free income using one of the structures he mentioned. The second idea is one probably we've touched on a couple of times, but uh, there was a slight twist and you can see perhaps how this could dovetail into the overall structure that he's talking about. And that was the use of leverage uh, in the way of HMRC tax credits and indeed external borrowing to top up a pension fund which can be created out of our earned income. Or in other words, matching our own money through pension structures with other people's money to use for investment or development purposes. And the third area that uh, he outlined in, in our discussion was the use of intercompany loans to divert profits from a trading business into an investment business or investment company simply by setting up separate trading and investment structures. So the common theme, of course, here was structures. And that's, uh, that's where we started talking about it. But the common output, of course, is financing. So there's tax-free return of capital, there's leveraging other people's fundings, and there's intercompany borrowing that can all take place um, amongst an, a, an array of different things that can spin out of these structures, I'm sure. But of course, these structures may not always work for everyone in every situation, which is a good reason why we should always seek professional advice before plowing ahead. One additional point I forgot to ask Tony on air, which I followed up with afterwards, was the whole Clause 24 Finance Bill Mortgage Interest Relief issue. And uh, I followed up with Tony afterwards and uh, he mentioned to me that his hybrid structure can take care of that as well. However, please speak to him directly to understand how that fits into the overall landscape because it's, uh, it's probably a little bit too complicated and uh, I think he mentioned the word IP in his reply, so um, it's best you check with him exactly how that could operate. Okay, so that's what I wanted to cover off today. In fact, that will be all I plan to cover off for the rest of this year as well, as I'm planning to take a two-week break from recording over the Christmas and New Year period and spend some quality time with my family. The next podcast, therefore, will be scheduled for release on Wednesday, the 11th of January. Well, I'll start to have a couple of wrap-up episodes to finish off this series on financing. So do make sure you come back for those, won't you? There's still a bit more yet to share. And don't forget our 360-degree property business workshop in Q1 of 2017, probably going to be in the north of England, as I mentioned last time. So just drop me an email, podcast at thepropertyvoice.net, with 360 workshop in the title to get some advance notice of that, because uh, tickets will be limited, as they were last time out. But as always, email me personally if you want to talk about anything from today's show or more generally in property investing. The show notes will be over at the website, thepropertyvoice.net. Right now, though, I'd just like to wish each and every one of you a very pleasant Christmas and a happy new year. I hope you get to spend some quality time with the people you most love and care for, and perhaps, perhaps, the odd look at the goals list in between. I couldn't resist, sorry. But I hope you can join me again on the 11th of January. So until then, thank you very much for listening once again this week, and until next time on the Property Voice podcast, it's ciao, ciao. 
Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.